Welcome to Who Moon. We are fans of the current series of Doctor Who, and here we discuss our likes, dislikes, and insights into the modern regeneration of the show. Subscribe, review, and listen to us on iTunes and Stitcher, or our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash whonewpodcast. All our episodes are on whonewpodcast.com. You can leave comments there, or email us at whonewpodcast at gmail.com. We also have an Instagram and Twitter account. Tweet at us at whonewpodcast. And find us on Facebook. Today's episode is episode 5 and 6 of the Sarah Jane Adventures Season 3, The Wedding of Sarah Jane Smith, Part 1 and 2. Has Sarah found the man of her dreams? Possibly. But Clyde and Ronnie have their doubts. Luke, as always, clueless. This episode is written by Gareth Roberts, directed by Joss Agnew. It originally aired on the 29th and 30th of October 2009. Part 1 got 1.6 million viewers, and Part 2 got 1.5 million viewers. Hi, this is Eugene. Let's introduce ourselves. Hi, this is Brian. Hi, it's Frank. This is Josh. It's Kelsey. I do not have food in my mouth. (laughs) Hello, this is Auburn. (laughs) Pat, it's Heather. We did the Sarah Jane Adventures Season 1 as a whole episode, and a lot changed since uh, Season 2, and now we're at season, in the middle of Season 3. Uh, Maria Jackson and her father left the show. Alan got a job in Washington, D.C., and Maria moved out with him. And then we got Ronnie Chandra, who's played by Anjali Mohindra. She moved in next door. To, uh, on Bannerman Road and she then goes to school with Luke and Clyde and her father is the principal or headmaster of the school and her mother runs a flower shop and stuff continues the way it's been going and Mr. Smith at the end of season one was turned out to be sort of evil and then they had to reboot him and now he's back to normal. And they also solved the rights issue with K-9, so he was able to come out of the safe. Last time we saw K-9, he was in the wall. Yeah, so he was (laughs) able to come out, and he was actually able to be on the show. All right, besides uh, Ronnie Chandra, we have returning to season three, Elizabeth Sladen as Sarah Jane Smith, Tommy Knight as Luke Smith, Daniel Anthony as Clyde Langer, and Alexander Armstrong as Mr. Smith. Suspicious of where Sarah Jane has been going lately, Luke calls his friends over and uses Mr. Smith to track her location. They spy on her as she is on a date, kissing a gentleman. As they leave, Clyde hears a strange sound, the TARDIS, but it sounds broken. When Sarah arrives home, she finds out that the kids saw her and comes clean about Peter Dalton. She sends Clyde and Ronnie home and confides to Luke that she never thought she would have a relationship because of the life she has chosen. She thinks it could be different this time, but still doesn't know how to tell him about her real job with aliens. She says goodnight to Luke, and before he falls asleep, he hears the same broken TARDIS sound. Yeah, I didn't catch the first time that it was broken. I thought it sounded like distant and a little different, but do they address it at all? It's a little wheezy. Yeah. Yeah. I don't remember that. I like that we're peppering it in the beginning. And the kids don't know that sound. No. They wouldn't. So all of us know what it is. Mm-hmm. But Luke was in uh, Journey's End, right? Yeah, but he, he stayed in the attic the whole time. He oh. never met the oh, doctor. Oh, that's right. Which is addressed later. Something cool about this show that's not in the episode, but as I was searching for it on Amazon Prime, I was searching by the episode title, Wedding Of, and that's as far as I got, and Wedding of River Song came up first, and then <laughs> Wedding of Sarah Jane Smith was right underneath of it. I don't know if that's because of my Amazon viewing habits. Right. Or if it's because that is what is most popular on Amazon. What was third? I I didn't get that far because I found what I wanted. Maybe Maybe those are the only two weddings of consequence. Mm. Well, the kids had a right to be suspicious. I mean, she's lying. (laughs) Going to a town hall meeting. Yeah, right. What was the episode? Because she mentions, or they mentioned that she's done this before and it's never been good. Right, whenever she starts, you know, sneaking around. I can't think of it. And I I haven't, like, I watched the whole first season, but something does seem off about Sarah, you know, outside of being in love. Like, she almost sonics her face with her sonic lipstick. Which we mentioned when we did our season one overview. And yeah, that, right? that was one that went by so quickly, I, I didn't catch until a rewatch. I'm like, oh, that's what she almost did to herself. But yeah, she does seem a little um, distracted. But that's because of her feelings towards Peter. No, I, w- I should just probably mention, and maybe I should have mentioned it earlier, earlier that I have never watched this show until this, until now. So this you is don't my know introduction to this show. 
So oh. when I saw the lipstick come out <laughs> and I realized it was her sonic device, I was like, damn, that is so cool. <laughs> uh, well, well, then you would like to know, I guess, that Luke is a manufactured human, so that's why he's awkward. I don't know if that's okay. mentioned. They mentioned it in okay, the, in the intro, like... Yes. speaks the intro. Clyde. That was the, also the first time I had ever learned that fact. So I I knew Luke from um, from the Doctor Who episode, but yeah. I didn't know that. So I thought that uh, the the opening credits with Clyde was pretty cool, like the way he's talking at camera, and it's moving very quick too. Like yeah, it, yeah, it's a it does a good job to kind of bring us into it. I thought the sonic lipstick was super cool. I thought it was a cool idea, and if someone saw it in her purse, you know, nobody would think. That's exactly what we said. <laughs> cool. I guess I'm on the same page then. So uh, I wasn't really that confused by anything. I think the intro set it up really well. My prior relationship to some of the characters set it up really well. Um, so I didn't really have any jarring moments in this show. Maybe the villain, but I imagine we'll discuss that later. Um, but I just, I thought before we got too far into this, I would... Um, interject and let everybody know that I am a first-time watcher of this series. Well, that's cool, because I'm, I'm interested to see how you what you thought of it jumping into basically, you know, the middle of a run of this. Yeah, um, I'm sure I'll have plenty to say as we go on. Um, so this aired during these tenant specials then, yeah? No. Yeah. Oh, right before. Right before yeah. the three. That's right. Right so before the three it, final specials. Okay, yeah, so it's in the vein of it's in the timeline with Planet of the Dead and all that. I did like that Luke told Mr. Smith to be quiet when he activated, so he didn't get right, the right. usual fanfare, fanfare that is in every single other episode than the one. But also, too, if you Heather think, got to watch. <laughs> if you, yeah, that's true. Uh, but if you think I about miss the fanfare, yeah, when he when the when the doors open for Mr. Smith to come out, there's usually this horn-based fanfare that plays. It is it is a half-hour children's show, yeah, so it has yeah. more of those kind of, like, recurring bits and uh -huh. things, so kids know, oh, okay, this is time for Mr. Smith, this is time for right, some right. other section of the show. Yes. And you never really knew that if that was, like, the soundtrack of the show, until Sarah Jane finally says, I wish you wouldn't do that fanfare every time. <laughs> so it was just kind of like a little inside joke. And then when Luke says, Mr. Smith, I need you quietly... So I guess it's his preference that he does the fanfare when he enters the room. <laughs> gotcha. I'm glad when Sarah Jane was talking about how her life has changed, she included Maria. You know, so Maria hasn't been there in over the season. So it's nice that they're still bringing her in as remembering how she changed Sarah. See, uh, that was one of the moments where I cringed because I was like, I don't, I just, uh, I know this is a kid's show. And that's why I always remind myself this is a kid's show. And kids would want to hear that, that they are important to this adult. But as an adult, I'm like thinking, poor Sarah Jane, that like the most important, like the, that, that she can't just say, Luke, I get that Luke's important to her. That's her son. But like, I just don't, it doesn't ring true to me. Like, I don't see very many parents telling their kids, you're the most important thing in my life, along with your friends. Yeah, it's just it's just weird to me. And this is Sarah saying that she's cut herself off from everybody. She did that for so many years. But when Luke showed up, and that was because of Maria, and Maria was the one that she trusted yeah. in at least the first season, she gave her the box. And it wasn't Luke that opened her up. It was Maria that opened her up to even let Luke in. Right. Maria. Oh, Maria's Maria. not here anymore. Correct. Right. And that's why you're saying you like that she... That you mentioned her. But didn't she also include... Clyde and then the other girl. Yeah, well, yeah. It was yeah, all but a lot of times when you write off somebody from a script, you forget, you know. So, I just, I just, it just makes me feel bad for Sarah Jane. Well, you should feel bad. She's close. Just now, any friends? She's yeah. out fighting aliens. That's the cost of saving the planet on a daily basis. And she also likes the stars of her show. So, <laughs> right. <laughs> Uh, back to Josh, you were mentioning about the TARDIS sound. We've heard it like that before in classic Who, like struggling. Uh huh. We've heard it in Spearhead in Space and Legopolis. Well, okay. That's not for you. <laughs> I love that K9 and Mr. Smith don't like each other. I think that's just a clever little. I like little... that K9 gets kind of sassy yeah. in this episode. Yeah, well, he would. He did that in Classic Who, too. Uh, I didn't watch it enough. Yeah. So. so in season three, the episode before this. 
this story is where K9 comes back as a regular because he has to um, use the black hole that he's kind of monitoring to help the alien ship get out of where it is. So that's how it's powered. Just want to put that out there. That's where K9 came back as a regular. Um, and another thing that's funny is when uh, they're all freaking out over seeing her kiss the guy and Clyde's going, adults should never, do, no one over the age of 22 should do that in public or, or, or ever. <laughs> well, Clyde, the actor, had just turned 22. So that was a little, <laughs> that was a little joke. A little joke in. Yeah, I was wondering where that number came from. I actually <laughs> thought about it. It seemed so random 22? that I had to look it up and go, oh, he just turned 22. Okay. He's great. He he really, I think he holds that show together. Yes. Sarah Jane invites Peter over to meet Luke. Clyde and Ronnie come over to check out the new guy when a package arrives for Sarah. When the package starts to move, Ronnie and Clyde take it away so Peter doesn't see it. At Ronnie's house, a quick, slug-like creature breaks out of the box and scurries away. K-9 senses the creature, and as he goes to track it, he warns Sarah Jane in front of Peter. Luke tells him K-9 is a new voice-activated toy. Sarah, Peter, and Luke head out to a restaurant as K-9, Clyde, and Ronnie capture the slug alien and have Mr. Smith transport it to its home. Uh, at the same time during the meal, Peter bonds with Luke over teasing Sarah Jane. I didn't know that that Bannerman Road had a driveway that had two entrances. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I know that thought was funny. All of a sudden it was like, that's a new camera angle. Oh, wow, it's got a different... Yeah, <laughs> like when she tells... Um, the shops are the other way. Yeah, I'm like, where are you going? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, I thought that same thing. I'm so glad I'm not alone on all this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's not, it's not a road that is her driveway? You know how she's on the... You know how the house is on the corner? There's an entrance to her driveway on both streets. Like it cuts the corner? It cuts the corner. So Peter so, actually, oh. like, you know what? You know the, the driveway that they always walk up to talk peter doesn't drive his car in that he drives his car in from the other two entrance the other entrance to the driveway yeah and ronnie and her mom are coming to check out the guy and clyde that's a cool car (laughs) yeah that was a good little bit uh sarah bought the travis polong from ebay did anybody notice that yeah yeah and then um bannerman road is in ealing that's on the address of the the box yeah and also the box moves and growls and so ronnie just puts it in a room and walks away from it (laughs) I mean, it's a kid. Hello. No, but you know. Like you do. I don't think it growled yet. It just No, it growled. It went. I think they were trying to imply, though, that maybe the kids didn't quite hear it. Well, that was the whole reason why they grabbed it and took it away real quick. I found that that Peter wouldn't. I found that to be very. I mean, again, I haven't been watching the show for all of the last season so for all i know this is a daily occurrence (laughs) and that alien that they chase around that breaks out of the ebay box is uh we've seen him before in season two in the mark of the berserker where clyde meets his dad oh that's a good one yeah i love the cgi it's top notch (laughs) (laughs) i mean i understand that they have zero budget so i thought it was cute he looked like somebody that would be on a cereal box I like K-9's little thing when he has to come out in front of Peter, and he's just like, um, do not look at me. Everything is normal. <laughs> I also like K-9's music cue once he's activated, the thing comes out. It just sounds like so fun and light, and he just like walking music for a dog that hovers or whatever. Was that from his original <laughs> series? I don't know, but it sounds like it is. But I liked it. I did like the bonding between Peter and Luke. Because Sarah goes to make the phone call to be sure that they can transport the creature. And Peter's just saying, you know, we can toy with her because she's a reporter. She needs to know everything and she can't let it go. She's always going to find out what's going on, what's going on. He goes, okay, let's just play with this. <laughs> so, oh no, we were just talking. It's fine. You don't need to know about the kind of thing. But no, no, really. Tell me, what was it? What are you guys talking about? And Luke just picks up on it. And that was a good bonding moment between the two. And I like the, like, if you are looking at Peter with suspicion, it also helps because he is so charismatic. It's like, oh, well, he's one over Sarah Jane and now he's one over Luke. What's going on with, with this guy? So yeah, I like both sides of right. the, the positive and like it could be a, a shadowy undertone, at least in my suspicious American right. viewing viewer's mind. I, I just, I must say that I didn't figure everything out, obviously, because there's a little bit of an extra twist, but I, I pretty much figured out what was going to happen in the first five, no, maybe like three minutes of this. <laughs> I didn't really mind, per se, because I did watch this knowing that it was a children's show. But I just wanted to put that out there. <laughs> I'm really bad at figuring out plots, so I felt pretty cool. <laughs> just saying. I mean, yeah, I mean, it was, like you said, it is reasonably obvious, but I was also thinking how it's going to play out. Like, I, especially when the weird stuff started happening, I was I was definitely gripped enough to know, want to know how what was going to how it was going to happen. 
I agree, me too. Clyde searches for information on Peter and convinces Ronnie to check out where he lives. They find his house up for sale and realize it hasn't been lived in for a while. When they go back to Sarah Jane's, she tells them that she and Peter are getting married. Clyde and Ronnie tell her about his house being deserted. At first, Sarah is shocked, but then her engagement ring glows and she said that she already knew that. She tells them the wedding is at the end of next week. Mr. Smith senses the power emitting from the ring and tries to interrupt, but Sarah Jane orders him to power down. She says she is happy to leave this life behind and begin a new adventure with Peter. After they leave the attic, a menacing laughter resounds. Yeah, that laughter kind of confused me. Wondered, I mean, I don't know if we're supposed to think it, but I felt like it was Peter. And I think if you had watched the rest of the seasons before this, oh. you would know what that sound was. Okay, yes. Yeah, you would know who's laughing. I, yeah, okay, I didn't get it. So he sense. does that. What was the wording she used to get um, Mr. Smith to turn off? It wasn't power down. Deactivate. Was deactivate, it? It was yeah. Something else. Yeah. Initiate deactivation. Oh, okay. And, and then she went on to say, like, total deactivation. Like, it wasn't just turn off. It was And she pulled down the big lever. That. Yeah. Leave her. Right. Which, <laughs> as somebody who doesn't watch this show, I thought she was, like, ending its life. Like, yeah. deactiv- total deactivation. Like, we're done forever kind of thing. So I was like, what? Why is nobody freaking out? Well, Clyde was, I and that's what I liked about it. But the other two should have been, I thought. I, I don't know. I didn't. I thought it was more than what it. I was surprised at the end of the episode when they just turned him back on. They just activated him again. Yeah. Because what's the big deal if you turn him off? I guess it was just a big deal to basically unplug it. Um, like, you're never going to use it again. And, and I think more that Sarah Jane's character yeah, was not so she out, of, out of whack. Yeah, with what is normal. I do like that they had her fall in love and say yes to marrying him before putting the ring on. So she really did fall in love with him. She really did want to marry him. And then they they had to create a plot device to get her to do weird stuff that Sarah Jane wouldn't do under normal circumstances. So she had to put the ring on, which was going to control her. But I'm glad that the ring didn't control everything. That was, I I thought that was well-written. At the wedding, Clyde tells Peter about how many friends of Sarah's couldn't make it because of the short notice. Luke warns Clyde to back off and be nicer to his new father. The guests take their seats in the wedding room of the hotel as Sarah arrives with Ronnie. Luke escorts Sarah inside, and now it's Ronnie's turn to hear the broken TARDIS trying to materialize. As the officiant asks the age-old question, if anyone has objections, speak now or forever hold your peace, the doctor bursts through the doors yelling for them to stop the wedding! Wind begins to blow inside the room. Peter says that the angel is coming, but it turns out to be Sarah's old enemy, the trickster, who grabs her and Peter, and the three disappear. A couple of things here that are worth mentioning. Uh, Luke mentions Maria and that she can't attend due to exams, and her father, Alan, was tied up at work. And then we get uh, mention of the Brigadier. He's back in Peru like he was in the Centauran episodes in season three. And then we get Sarah J making a joke about sending the invite to the doctor. Where would she send it to? Metabilius three? And that is a reference to the third doctor, Planet of Spiders story. Couple episodes actually, a couple serials. He needs to get a crystal from Metabilius three that he talks about before he finally gets it. Kind of becomes this ongoing joke. But I I, I like to take it from Planet of Spiders because that's the last. Well, that's the big thing. The big one with uh, the last um, third doctor story before he regenerates into Tom Baker. And one thing I wanted to say about Maria, when we were talking about her earlier, she left, um, you know, she was in this first season. She did come back for an episode or two, the beginning of the second season. And then, like, we've seen her, like, Skyping with Luke every once in a while. So she's not completely forgotten, Mm -hmm. like Frank was saying. She actually does appear, so it makes sense for them to be bringing her up in this context because they still have a connection with her, even written into the scripts of the show. Yeah, the the biggest one is probably the Mark of the Berserker, where they call her because they... Sarah Jane is off doing something else, so they need somebody else with um, to help them. And the dad, Alan, is actually the one that helps them because he's working for the government at the time, I think. He helps them uh, research what this alien or this pendant is doing to Clyde's dad. And then in The Mad Woman in the Attic in season three, they mention Maria there too. She's on a Skype call and Ronnie's like, who is this? This is finally, she meets her, Maria. Does the fact that they're named Ronnie and Clyde mean anything? <laughs> I never got that. Never got it. Well, no, because she's uh, she was a newer character. Unless... Well, but when they wrote her in. Maybe, yeah, maybe they were originally named her Bonnie. And then they changed it because it wasn't... I wonder if they wrote her, wrote her as Bonnie until they cast her. And then what needed to make her a little more ethnic. Mm. 
Well, I mean, anyway, they definitely were trying to say that Maria and Luke were going to really like each other at an appropriate time. And, well, and they kind of hint that Clyde and Ronnie... I was going to say it's more Clyde and Ronnie how I felt because of the the introduction of Ronnie. Oh, they, I agree. They had a but bigger... I'm saying when, yes, when they when, had, in yes. season one, yeah. when they didn't know that Maria was going to be leaving, or the actress was going to yeah. want to leave, um, they were just kind of hinting that they really liked each other. And then when Ronnie came in, they didn't go to Luke. They went to Clyde because Clyde's a better actor. I think Luke is adorable, though. Even if he's not a great actor. <laughs> they keep trying to invent reasons for him to not be in scenes, though. I will stay in this room while you guys go off and do the action. <laughs> and then later on, they're in the other room, and Luke shows up, and they go, well, now we have to leave, so you stay in this room now. How old is he at this point in 2009, the actor? He was young. He was, he was be, under the labor laws. It, yeah, that's probably what it is. So was it school? Uh, I, I think I read that there. it was school. So I wanted to go back to how Clyde mentions that the Brigadier is back in Peru. Nicholas Courtney is the one that has played the Brigadier in Classic Who, and in Enemy of the Bane in Season 2 of the Sarah Jane Adventures, he returns back to reprise his role. And he was also mentioned that he was stuck in Peru in the Poison Sky episodes of Doctor Who. And Nicholas Courtney was supposed to appear in this wedding episode story, but he couldn't due to the fact that he suffered a stroke. So this would have been the only time that the Brigadier and the Tenth Doctor would have met on screen, but it did not happen. That would have been cool. Yeah. I do like how Clyde is the only one with the only yeah. one who's not going along with this. Yeah, yeah. He's, yeah. he's still a skeptic. Yeah, and Luke is just kind of like, "Would you calm down?" It's like, "Well, there was you the... brought the dog." Yes, of course <laughs> he brought the dog because he's not stupid. And it's funny because originally, you know, when the show first started, he was the skeptic. Yeah. But also, too, I think part of that too was for kids, sort of seeding the idea of, you know parents get divorced you may have a new dad you know you can be excited about it it's not so weird well for luke he's only two years old yeah well, so, two-year-olds you know they get upset he never had a father so that i think really shows you know luke's don't be angry at this person. i want my mom and i want a dad right, i right. want that family unit but i think that was a very deliberate point of view considering it's a kid's show i also like this point because to me this first half is building up to the entrance of the doctor yeah because you get those tardis sounds trying to break through throughout the beginning parts of this episode and then when he finally does come through it's at the perfect moment of will anybody object yeah. to the the union of these two as soon like, as of course she started to say that i was like oh here it comes <laughs> well it's yeah. also the end of the first half hour so it's you know this is the big crossover episode but we're going to have an entire episode where you hint at that person showing up and then they show up at the last second it just works really well in this one i will say i'm jumping ahead a little bit but um his vibe in this episode didn't feel like a guest star at all like mm -hmm. i every now and then when he disappeared later i was like oh i don't know and then i remembered oh this isn't his show yeah <laughs> i felt that way twice yeah, two yeah. Times there. but his his performance and the way it was written it never felt it felt like a doctor show that a doctor light show mm -hmm. I disagree a little bit in that I think he played it off more flippant than he would on his regular show. His well, he tends to be like that in Doctor Light shows, where he just sort of shows. But I think up. it's because it's written as different than his usual gravitas as the Doctor. And I think also because Sarah Jane isn't acting like Sarah Jane yeah, throughout yeah. most of it, you don't have her character being the main character, so right. that helps the Doctor to kind of shine really, through more. Really, it's Ronnie's, uh, not Ronnie. It's Clyde. uh, uh, it's Clyde's episode. Oh yeah, for sure. I, but I did like um, Elizabeth, uh, Sarah Jane, when the doctor showed up. You know, first, what is he doing here? What's going on? But then the doctor, get away. Okay, she tries to get away. Yeah, <laughs> like she just yeah. Trust him so much. You just see that. It's like you know the history between the two. And I will say, just watching her performance of her falling in love and then at the wedding and then later on when things go wrong, like it was really heartbroken. Yeah. Breaking. Like yeah. I really felt for the character. A surge of pulses runs through the building, making the other guests disappear. The trickster has trapped an unconscious Luke, Clyde, Ronnie, K-9, and the Doctor in a specific moment in time. When they wake up, they try to get to the TARDIS, but it cannot phase into their time prison. Sarah Jane wakes up and wants to find the Doctor. Her ring emits a force making her compliant to marry Peter. She fights off its influence and tears the ring off her finger. She runs away from Peter, searching for the doctor. 
I love that she has the strength to yeah. take the ring off. You know, yeah. she doesn't need anybody helping her. She doesn't need anybody yeah. telling her or pointing out that she's acting weird. She just realizes something weird's going yeah. on. She figures it out and stops it herself. Because she's both a damsel in distress and a hero in, in mm-hmm. the same show. But it's the doctor's history with her because she's going to go with mm-hmm. Peter. And it's like, but that other guy, it's the doctor. I got it. You know, she knows what the doctor is, knows to trust him. Right. And that's what keeps waking her kind of, you know, a little slap in the face, wakes her up going, this is being manipulated. You're using me as a puppet. What the heck is going on? And not putting up with it. But that's always been Sarah Jane, even from the first mm-hmm. she was in with the first, uh, the third doctor. You know, she's always been that strong-willed person. Yeah, it's great. I loved it. Uh, the fourth doctor did trick her a lot into doing things. Oh, was that one time on the Ark? Oh, it was more than that. It was more than that. It was a few times. Well, I like it when uh, the doctor meets the kids. and Oh, you're great. And he's like, oh, you know, I am pretty amazing on a good day. <laughs> and then also when he's like, we have to find Sarah, we have to find Sarah. And Ronnie says she likes Sarah Jane. Yeah. And the doctor really is just kind of like, oh, she's fun when I say Sarah. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's a running motif that Ronnie's mom always calls Sarah Jane Sarah. And Sarah Jane doesn't like that. So that's where that comes from. Uh, was it also the the first half where the doctor's running with the kids to the TARDIS and he says kind of to the audience but also to the kids like we don't have to explain what the TARDIS is right yeah. if you've been paying attention you should already it's right. more yes. like you should already know what the TARDIS is let's just <laughs> right. go find it and Clyde knows what it is but doesn't realize it's just a blue box right so yeah, they still it. get it in there but I like that the doctor says we don't have to go through that whole explanation right, right. <laughs> so the ring uh, to me is a is a reference to Sarah Jane being previously controlled by a ring in the Hand of Fear, which is her last adventure with the fourth Doctor, Tom Baker. You can really see the actor, the actor who plays the trickster, you can really see his real teeth behind the fake teeth oh, in yeah. these scenes, where because he's just like, he's so over the top and opening his mouth, and ah, it's like, wow, look at those two rows of teeth you have right there. Well, it's like a shark. Those are his baby teeth. <laughs> I thought Sarah Jane looked great. Like the dress, her hair. Yeah, she, she did. great. She did, yeah. She looked very pretty. Um, the doctor mentions here that he's met Luke, but this is the first time in person because uh, Luke helped him in Stolen Earth. Yeah. I caught that. Over the uh, subway network only. They never are in the same room. Yep. The doctor figures Sarah is caught in another second of time and uses K-9 and his sonic to track her. They hear Sarah calling for him and follow the sound. Sarah opens the door and finds herself back in the wedding room where Peter is waiting for her. He explains that he fell down the stairs of his home and was going to die when the angel came to him. The angel, who Sarah calls the trickster, offered him his life and true love if Peter just agreed to take it. The ring was just supposed to make everything work out at the wedding. He reminds Sarah that she said she loved him and agreed to marry him before she put on the ring. Their love is real. Sarah tells Peter of her experiences with the trickster and how he used her parents against her. He is using Peter now. These parts with Peter really shows you how much the trickster is lying to him. Like he thinks mm-hmm. this person is, or this entity is an angel because they're dressed in white and they're giving him a second chance. And I'm like, wow, that's really messed up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is the first time that I was not suspicious of Peter. And although I gotta say, I did sense that maybe there was more. Maybe he was actually evil, but uh, it's the first time I liked him, I guess. Well, also, too, you weren't familiar with the trickster, because this is sort. This is the same thing that happened, at least in the, in the episodes that I saw from first season, where, he, like they say in just a few minutes, he, they, he comes to you at the end, right before the end of your life, when you're at your most desperate and makes a deal with you. And it took me a little bit to fully figure out the logic of what the motivation was but i really enjoyed it like the whole it wasn't just i'll save you if you make her fall in love with you it was that he was alive but he wasn't like there's there's kind of a twisted logic behind it and he feeds off the chaos of that happening of sarah there's a lot going on in there and uh that's what i like about this show the sarah jane chronicles right Adventures. Adventures. Oh, thank you. I keep wanting to say Sarah Jane Chronicles, too. The Sarah, that's what I like about the Sarah Jane Adventures is that, yes, it's a kid show. Yes, there's some lightness to the silliness more so than Doctor Who, but it always has this heavy through line that comes from the Doctor Who vein. Yeah, for, for a kid show, the trickster is kind of a scary villain I, I to me. That, like, it skills, scares me. Yeah, especially in the first uh, season when he comes in and everything that happens with him that mm-hmm. happens with him with Sarah Jane's friend when she was younger and all that stuff it's pretty heavy for a kid show that has a, sl- a stock-eyed slug running around yeah so this isn't necessarily the level of 
scariness that the other episodes are or seriousness? Um, it's it's hard to say because like Brian mentioned, you can see the two rows of teeth because this is the first time that the trickster is more involved on screen. He's always been involved in the plot, but he was used more sparingly in the previous um, his previous appearances and I think that's also creepy because you don't really see him up close. Yeah, there weren't as, weren't as many close-ups. It was more alluded to and when you did see him, he was like, you just said he's more at a distance. I thought the makeup was great, but there were times, it was inconsistent the way, whatever effect I, they did to cover up the way the actor could see through the makeup, I yeah. found, I kept noticing differences. And, but. and I think it's because of the lighting, because one, he's wearing all white, and one, he's wearing all black, so they have to light him differently. That's a good point. Yeah, I loved his white bonnet, by the way. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, I thought that, I got a kick out of that, how he presented himself white to for be Peter. like an angel yeah. for like a Peter. But this is around the time too where Peter really won me over like, oh man, this guy's really going through something and I got a little choked up in the end when he when he did what he did. I think we should talk a little about where the trickster in the first season sure. was whatever happened to Sarah Jane. And basically what he did, uh, Sarah Jane and her friend were at the beach, her friend, and so her friend was hanging off the pier for her life and the trickster came and got them to switch places and what would happen if Sarah Jane didn't live. And in season two, he came back. So he's a reoccurring main villain. What did he do in season two? It was some temptation of Sarah Jane. And he sets it up so she's able to go back in time to the day her parents died. Mm -hmm. She was three months old and her parents left her by the side of the road and drove off and got into a car accident. And so they never knew what happened. She was raised by her aunt. And that's good time back. Right, so there's a lot of things about the history and some of the stuff going on with the original uh, storyline with the third doctor. She talks about her aunt and all that. And so he's, you know, sending her back that she can find out, and it's such a temptation to change the past and to save her parents. So the trickster's messing with her mind, going, are you going to leave history the same, or are you going to save them? You know, so the temptation is there for her to do to change history, but she knows that's wrong. So that was just such a cruel episode of what the trickster could do. Now he's back here offering her true love because they do seem to hit it off really well before the ring gets on her finger. They just never found each other. They're just too big of a world. And then we also see the trickster's brigade mentioned in uh, Turn Left, and that's where they're like they're reporting to him because he mentions in season one there's this doctor i see in your mind sarah jane what would happen if this guy if i went and played mm, right. like him from yeah. mystery she's, don't you dare yeah, yeah. stay away from um, him so, so, yeah, so that makes sense so he's trying to basically he's trying to get the doctor and his and the doctor's minions soldiers whatever you want to call them um out of the way because he feeds on chaos and it's the doctor and sarah jane who keep saving the universe and what, you, what, what Frank said of Aunt Lavinia reminded me that Clyde makes a note about um, he's concerned that Peter is just marrying Sarah Jane for money. And it's because of the money that her Aunt Lavinia left her when she died. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's right. Mm-hmm. Aunt Lavinia had that big, big house. Yep. So a lot of us who had seen the whole series know the trickster. And so that's also partly right to me. It was more heartbreaking when she realizes he's using Peter, but that doesn't negate the love that they have for each other. Right, yeah. So that that's was... like, oh, this is going to be heartbreaking again. Um, and then, don't we also get a spit spot with the doctor here? Yeah. Mary Poppins <gasps> reference? Yes, I noticed that. <laughs> I got so excited. What was that? I, I, it, I, it caught my ear, but I couldn't play. He has the three kids, and he's like, let's go, spit spot. Right, right. <laughs> that, is that the first time he's ever said that? I can't think of another time. Yes, that is, I believe, his first time. <laughs> Great. <laughs> The doctor, Clyde, and Ronnie burst into the room, but don't see Sarah or Peter because of the difference in time. Ronnie wonders what the trickster gets out of this wedding. The trickster appears and monologues that if Sarah Jane agrees, she will forget about her old life, leaving the planet open to aliens, causing massive chaos, exactly what the trickster needs to survive. When he leaves, the TARDIS appears long enough for the Doctor to get inside, but it closes before the kids could join him, shocking Clyde with a large amount of Artron energy, a type of energy that can hurt the trickster. Plot point. <laughs> so how do they know that? How do they know that that energy could... Because we were told they... 
Yeah, because they're twenty <laughs> because they're twenty minutes into the thirty minute episode. Okay, but they didn't get that information. They just oh, oh which is, it was known. Okay. Oh, canine previous. Oh, canine told them. Yeah. Okay. It's like antimatter. It's the equal opposite. Right. The trickster's energy. The the writing, I don't know if it's the writing or the pace, but I feel like every time that watching these two episodes, I had a question in my mind about something on screen. The very next scene, like they would answer, uh-huh. one of the characters <laughs> would answer it. So that's, I think that's a plus because yeah. I, I didn't sit wondering for very long. Like this, this part with uh, Ronnie, I think was the part where I was like, oh, that's like right spot on. Like I just asked that question and Ronnie just answered it. And I don't know if this is the same spot you're thinking of, but it reminded me of when Sarah Jane and Ronnie are in the same position, but in two different times. Mm-hmm. And then she goes, oh, somebody just walked over my grave. Yeah. And I like the difference between the two seconds or the two worlds is that the lighting is different. It's much more um, overexposed in Sarah Jane's world. And I like that visually you can tell that there is a difference. Not just they're just not there. Well, also too is she is she still under the spell? Isn't no, it, is, no. It's, she's it's, it's off. Okay, it's not overly bright with the kids. It's it's normal with the kids, uh, and then it's overly bright with her. Over, but yeah. I really get a charge out of this episode, like the two two groups of people standing in the same spot at different time and a second apart, and the bridge of the the horse race on the TV. It's got a lot of cool stuff in it. Another callback here is that the trickster refers to the doctor as fire and ice. Remember where we've heard that before? The family of blood when Timothy refers to the doctor mm. that way. Timothy. Yep. Oh. I re- I remembered that they um, had said that before, but I couldn't place the episode. So thank you. No problem. But d- oh, it gets well. Okay. <laughs> it comes up again, right? W- which one? Or am I crazy? Fire and ice. Fire and ice. In this episode or another episode? No, 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 no. In Doctor in, Who. In the future. It's not coming to mind right away. We'll have to keep an eye out, or an ear out, to the ground. <laughs> Sarah Jane calls yeah. the trickster in to talk to him and he's really polite to just come when summoned mm-hmm. uh, but <laughs> there's one good attribute <laughs> but she is talking to him and she is so defiant saying I will never do that and he goes well then fine you're stuck here Peter's stuck here and you'll never see your son or any of them again because they're stuck in another time and you're the one causing this <laughs> and it's right. like playing with her mind or you can just give into it and actually be happy and shows her a bit of what her life will be like with Peter right which is happy which is a good life you know so it's just such a hard thing although that life probably wouldn't happen because if she wasn't saving the the planet there would probably be you know all this disarray and chaos going on and that life wouldn't even be possible that's how depending on how much that's why his name's trickster i think you know because they only showed it um near right after the wedding yeah Yeah, very at the beginning so that's why they only showed part of it but that part was yeah the nice part the happy part and donna was happy for the first couple months of turning right that's correct. And she had that job, and she was really happy and got a promotion, and then the world blew up. That's right. <laughs> it, just, it just seems odd to me that the trickster would choose... The scene that he chose to show, Sarah Jane, is them cleaning up the attic and being like... I don't know what conversation they have during that, or just like, oh, aren't we so happy, or whatever. But it's like, wouldn't you show something that didn't involve rem- reminding Sarah Jane of, like that to be happy she would be um not saving the world i took it as you know you cleaned up the attic so that mess is gone and you know they're going to turn this into a lovely office now so it was important to show the attic because it was showing the complete change of her life you know and and it works for me rather than having seeing them do something works on both i think it's yeah a, it's, i think it it's works for the for audience me. more than for sarah jane yeah right? i would agree with but, that it's for the audience yeah. back to what we were saying before about the the flashback Did, what is the name of the episode where he turns human doc the doctor human nature and the family of blood ha <laughs> um, <laughs> when he gets to glimpse his life if he remains human yeah um that's what this reminded me of mm-hmm. that by the way so sad yeah Clyde summons the trickster and grabs him, weakening weakening him enough so that the TARDIS can get through to Sarah. The doctor tells Sarah that she knows the trickster best, and only she can stop him. The trickster and Clyde appear and fall to the ground, breaking their connection. Then the TARDIS is forced out of that second in time. 
And that's because uh, Clyde has the power, the Archon energy in his hands. You can see it glowing. Well, he also just summons the trickster. Again, like you said, you can just summon this Well, bad I guy. also think the trickster's on high alert. He's, like, at the ready to be, like, because <laughs> he wants to make sure everything goes his way. Of course. I thought the same thing, but at the same time, I also felt like this could so easily go the wrong way because of the Doctor and Sarah Jane. I'm going to make sure it stays on yeah. track. I just found it funny right. that this trickster was summoned twice in one episode, right. like, at the whim of the good guys. But he is, are you ready to agree? Are you ready to agree? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like so polite. Yeah. <laughs> I viewed it as this is the trickster's prison, so he is right. kind of always there. So, he, yeah, he is just waiting to move his plot to the next phase of his plan. It kind of reminded me of that Affleck commercial. Every time you say something, you're like, what? No, not that's not what I meant. <laughs> Sarah tells Peter that he actually died in that accident, and the trickster only partially brought him back to life. If they marry, he will be fully alive, but at the cost of the safety of the planet. He needs to break his agreement. The trickster said he chose Peter because he wasn't strong enough to make that sacrifice. But Peter loves Sarah, and she has given him the strength to do what is right. He tells the trickster the deal is off. He throws the wedding ring at the trickster, who screams and disappears. Peter tells Sarah he loves her and that they really were perfect together before he fades away and time is restored. I love it when the thing that the bad guy plans to get the plot rolling is the very thing that thwarts the plot, his plot. Um, I also really felt that this actor and the writing really sold the transition of Peter's point of view from let's get married and be happy to understanding what is the right thing to do. Like, I, again, like earlier on in the episode, I'm like, man, this guy's getting everybody's face and he's all kind of awkward and, <laughs> you know, who they, where they get this guy from? But by the end of the episode, I was totally rooting for him. I also felt his heartbreak of yeah of when, even when, even when he realized what happened and remembered that he fell and died and this like uh, that sucks fella um they went to his house no no one was there where is peter when he's not with sarah jane does he just disappear that's how i took it he's only half alive so he's not living a full life he's either disappear in that white limbo area. and he doesn't remember and he just it. doesn't remember that or he does or he could remember it but he doesn't mention or it. time doesn't move like it does for us for him because he's half dead right which is, it could be mm. like donna yeah donna mostly in, in, dead yes which is yeah. slightly alive could be like Donna, where when she was in the library, oh, pushes kind of, to the next. It's right. like, oh, a second ago, I thought we were feeding the ducks. Okay, that that I can see. Yeah, because I do have questions like, why is there newspaper on the the windows and things like that? But I'm like, eh. Because a person died there, and they yeah, but who put it who up. put that up though? The city. Yeah, but, yeah, but the, the thing the is, the then they would have stopped this mail. That owned yeah. the house. But that that is a that, little inconsistent. Yeah. yeah, because if the bank knew that he had disappeared, not that he's dead, but that he disappeared, Clyde would have found that out. Maybe they should have just made the windows dirty, and he had to kind of like. Yeah, or the, or, or they the, should have just left the windows and just had the just had the mail. mail. Yeah, the mail yeah. would have been fine, but the windows. The, that's the one that really makes me yeah, think that, too much, but yeah. I shouldn't. He said he was the last of his line. There's right, nobody right. else so there. So there wasn't anyone looking so for him. So nobody would have written an obituary. He just would have died and they just would have, right. you know, they, somebody found the body and they're going to sell the house. So they taped up the windows right. so no so one would look inside. And on earth he died. He just half died as far as his soul was concerned. That's what I was I don't know. I'm thinking. just trying to figure it out. Sure. But no one repossessed the car. He still has Oh, that. that's right. That's right, yeah. Or, or maybe the car was part of the trickster's plan to entice uh, it was kids. Black. That car was part of the trickster's brigade. Well, <laughs> It, it was a convertible, so it was only half a car. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Back to the section that we were at, I really did like, and I think it helped to make the audience like Peter, how much stock he put in Sarah Jane turning his life around. That was really sweet. That was a sweet yeah. moment. You know, little line, but there was a good line that he had. You know that they were a great pair, but it just reminded me it could have been a little bit more heartfelt as the Terminator. You know, we loved a lifetime's worth. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, I wanted a little more of that. Maybe as Peter like faded away, his thumbs up would have been slightly. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't. I was, I think I would like this episode more uh, if. If uh, 
Peter didn't have to die. If like because the trickster was injured by Clyde, he wasn't able to reverse the deal, and so the deal just stuck, and then Peter got to live. Yeah, but the trickster didn't kill him. The trickster caught. Yeah, I know he made a deal, and so what I'm saying is like because the trickster was in. I know it makes no sense. You want that happy I don't, ending? I don't, I don't need it ending. to make sense. I just want a happy ending. Uh, I'm like, well, maybe there's a possibility of a happy ending here because the trickster is injured. Maybe he becomes alive Where somewhere else, but he doesn't. he's like another person, and Sarah Jane bumps into him, and he doesn't even remember her. <laughs> yep. Sarah is standing alone in front of the wedding guests who wonder where Peter went. She and the kids realize the doctor is gone, and they are the only ones who know what happened. Luke goes to his mother as she tells everyone that the wedding is off and leaves the room. Back at home, she reactivates Mr. Smith. She tells the kids that the doctor is known to leave without saying goodbye, but then the TARDIS materializes in the attic, and the doctor lets the kids explore inside. Sarah thanks the doctor for coming to help her. They say goodbye to the doctor, and as Sarah hugs the kids, she says that their lives are amazing. You know, especially now, I think Arlene would agree. You don't need a man to make you happy, but it would fill some part of her life. But she's looking, and she does have a good life. She makes a difference. She is important, and she has trusted good friends with her. You really had a wonderful life, George. (laughs) (laughs) Really? No man is a failure. No woman is a failure who has friends. I like that the kids got to explore the TARDIS. I liked that moment. I do too, yeah. Uh, it all, they also move through without the TARDIS like we've never done yeah, the like, Doctor Who yeah, show. Yeah, usually that's more distance. And... Mm-hmm. Also, the other thing is since this was David Tennant's last appearance as the Doctor, his suit, was they said, was on its last legs. Oh, really? They said it was horrible. It was <laughs> ready to fall apart. <laughs> and they couldn't use the brown because it was gone It didn't already. look yeah. like... Did this one have stripes? It did have yeah, stripes. It did have stripes. Because, because, it didn't seem like it did. Because production-wise, this was shot after End of Time, so the brown suit was already distressed yeah so they had they only had the blue suit left and the coat's blue lining is darker is it it's not as bright yeah i will say uh it made me sad that uh, elizabeth slayton had passed watching this episode especially since it was a very emotional one for her yeah bring it back to mr smith he's reactivated and then you hear the tardis come into the attic you can see on the screen the words temporal and relative dimensional interference sensed (laughs) so i thought that was cool that it's still spelled tardis i'm going to go through the other cast members we mentioned david Tennant as the doctor john leeson as canine mark four and then paul mark davis who's the trickster and he is he's appeared on doctor who and the spin-offs in doctor who he was a future kind chieftain in utopia in Torchwood, he was in Exit Wounds. He was the Cald leader. In Sarah Jane, he's the trickster. And then in Class, he is the recurring villain, Cora Kinnis. And then uh, Nigel Havers plays Peter Dalton, and we may remember him the most as Lord Andrew Lindsay in Chariots of Fire. Yep, yep. I knew I recognized him, and I couldn't place him. <laughs> You're welcome. Mina Anwar plays Gita Chandra, which is Rani's mother, and Ace Ace Bahati plays Harish Chandra, which is Rani's father. And then Zania Merton plays the registrar, the one marrying off Peter and Sarah, and she yeah. is Sandra Bennis from Space 1999. Yeah, mm. it was really special to see her. She just passed, met last month. Yeah, mm. I was going to mention that. But yeah. Sorry. It's okay. And then uh, she also played Ping Cho in Classic Who, the Marco Polo episode, or story. This is the last time um, David and Elizabeth Slayton worked together before she passed away. That's correct. Yeah. That, uh, I was like, pre- I was pretty much crying at the end of this episode because I knew that. But speaking yeah. of that, this is, the, this is the first time that Doctor Who, the character, the Doctor, has appeared in a Doctor Who spinoff. Oh, really? The first time? Yes, because... What are the other spinoffs? K-9 and... K-9 and Company, K-9 Man's... Women's Best Friend. Oh, it's two? No, that's an Torchwood. episode. That's a, just, just an episode. Oh, Torchwood. 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 Uh, and I then Cla- remember Torchwood. And then Class, he appears, but that's after... That's before... It's a different... Uh, after doctor. these. Yeah, yeah. So he never appears in Torchwood? No. It uh, is out of order, though. I was just realizing, yes, this is the last time they filmed together, but it's not the last time the characters see each other because in Tennant's last episode... Right, said, right, right, he, okay. He has a cameo. Yeah. The last episode aired. Yeah, the to, last to episode air. to air with David Tennant. There's a cameo by her. Oh, there is a cameo. I can't remember. And then um, uh, the Doctor had appeared as flashbacks. You see the third and I believe the fourth Doctor 
in uh, flashback in Man Mad Woman in the Attic, which I think is before these two episodes. And then you also see the the TARDIS, but as a real police box in The Temptation of Sarah Jane. And That's it's funny. A, it's a great fake out. They use the theme music, the Doctor's theme music and everything. On Legends of Tomorrow, that happened November 5th or 6th. Um, the actress who plays Ronnie is on one of the ep- is on that episode. Mm. Oh. She plays Charlie, who is a shapeshifter. Mm. So it was just we're watching it, going, she looks familiar. She looks, is that Ronnie? <laughs> <laughs> so this was almost ten years ago. This episode was shot. Yes. <laughs> so that's that's all I got. All right. It's a fun episode. It is a fun episode. I like it a lot. So, Heather, since this is the first Sarah Jane Adventures that you've seen, does it make you want to watch more? You know, I I don't know because I've never seen one without the Doctor in it. He's such a bright light. Uh, I mean, I w- I'd be willing to try it, yes, but I can't say at this point whether <laughs> so you, or not I would you be didn't, into it. Yeah, so you didn't plan, like, while you were watching this and it was over, you weren't like, oh, i got to watch more of these. Not necessarily. I didn't think okay, it was bad or anything. I just, I'm, I'm a, you know, I'm into Doctor Who mostly for the Doctor, so. Well, there's one more episode in the next season. Two more episodes that you can watch. The ones with Matt <laughs> sure. Smith. We'll do that. We'll in cover that season, one. Oh. Season four of Sarah Jane. Yeah, there's a Matt, Matt Smith has a story. It was, it was nice to, like, well, yeah. It was cool because I never watched this episode, and so it was like a... A David Tennant Doctor episode that I've yeah, never I haven't seen, seen before. Yeah. So like, I'm always down to watch David Tennant be the Doctor. Yeah. Um, I just wish I had liked this episode more. That's all. Yeah, we included this because in this um, season, some people I kind of refer to it as the mini season of the Doctor with the five episodes. Yeah. yeah. He did do other uh, adventures. Right. And so we we're able to see some. So this is almost a bonus episode. I like. Yeah. Out. No. Totally. I'm really. I didn't even know this was. Uh, this happened, and I'm very glad that we did it. Yeah. When this first was, I guess, aired or talked about, like me and Brian hadn't caught up with the Sarah Jane adventures at all. Right. And then we were like, we got to find this episode. It's like tenants. That's right. In it, we, we got to yeah. find it. So you were actually. That was you, hard to find too. It was. I think we had to steal it. Back in 2009. <laughs> no, no, we got it off of Netflix, uh, the DVDs. We rented the DVD. Oh, that's right, yeah, the Netflix DVDs. Whoa. Yeah, Does Netflix still have DVDs? Yes. Mm-hmm. As Egon yeah. Spe- Spengler once said, print is dead. Print is dead. So that wraps up The Wedding of Sarah Jane Smith. Thanks for listening, and we will see you next time when the future becomes the present. You've just listened to an episode of Who Knew? Our wonderful theme music is by Michael Grady. Find him on Facebook at The Universe Explodes. All our episodes are engineered by Auburn. You can also find this show in several places. Follow us on Twitter at Who Knew Podcast. Subscribe, review, and listen to us on iTunes and Stitcher. Or our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Who Knew Podcast. Comment on our Facebook page. Please leave comments, reviews, and click like to help support Who New Podcast. Also listen to us on your Amazon Echo by enabling a podcast skill. All of our episodes are on whonewpodcast.com. This podcast is inspired by Doctor Who, the longest-running sci-fi show in history. And especially the revival spearheaded by Russell T. Davis. Thanks to Russell, Sidney Newman, Verity Lambert, Ron Grainer, and all those involved in the adventures of our favorite Time Lord. Your work continues to inspire and entertain. Stop eating. <laughs> That's recording. Yeah, it's recording. Excellent. We have to take a break. The cats are acting. <laughs> but Heather could complete her thought. Oh, yeah, complete your thought. <laughs> no, it's fine, guys. It's fine. <laughs> we have to wait for the cats, Heather. <laughs> we have a cat wrangler. I know nothing about that life, let me tell you. <laughs> the one person who will understand. <laughs> <laughs> Everything okay over there, Heather? What was that? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs>